Hello, everybody, and happy Resurrection Sunday. He has risen. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, folks, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, today, folks, we are going to talk about the resurrection and the fact that he has risen. The Savior of the world had been arrested and wrongly executed, but death could not destroy him. And Jesus came back to life and ascended to heaven. And we're going to look at Luke's historical account and we're going to receive the facts about Jesus's resurrection directly from this historical account. But we must not only believe these facts are true, but we also must trust that Christ is our Savior. And it's short-sighted to neglect the facts, but how sad is it to accept the facts and neglect the forgiveness that Jesus offers to each of us? Now, Luke is the only Gentile author in the New Testament, and he describes how God's Son entered into human history. And his account was written with the Greeks in mind, or, you know, the non-Jews of the time in mind. And, And that holds true for today as well. And we do find that Jesus lived as a perfect human. He taught what a perfect ministry looked like. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. And this is important because Jesus demonstrated how to be the perfect leader and savior. He offers us forgiveness to all who will believe. And Luke himself was a medical doctor who was a great historian. He placed an emphasis on dates and details connecting Jesus to events and to people in history. And we have these details so that we can believe in the reliability and of the history of Jesus's life. And more importantly, we can believe with certainty that Jesus is God. And Jesus's love is good news for all people. We can respond in faith to his message and to his caring. And Jesus taught us that history was present at Jesus's birth, baptism, ministry, and resurrection. And when I say history, I'm referring more to the Holy Spirit who was present at all of those events. As our perfect example, Jesus lived in dependence on the Holy Spirit, and God sent This Holy Spirit or our Holy Spirit is confirmation of Jesus's authority. And the Holy Spirit's given to enable people to live for Christ now. And we live by faith. 
We can have the indwelling of the Spirit's presence and power to witness and to serve others. So now we're going to jump into the Bible directly to Luke 24 verses 1 through 58. And we're going to find out what it says about Jesus rising from the dead. But very early on Sunday morning, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in, but they couldn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were puzzled, trying to think what could have happened to it. Suddenly, two men appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed low before them. Then the men asked, Why are you looking in a tomb for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. The women who went to the tomb were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several others. They told the apostles what had happened, but the story sounded like nonsense, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. So that same day, two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem, and they walked along. They were talking about everything that had happened. Suddenly, Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't know who he was because God kept them from recognizing him. You seem to be in deep discussion about something, he said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did wonderful miracles. He was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had thought he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. That all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You are such foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? 
And then Jesus quoted passages from the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining what all the scriptures said about himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus would have gone on, but they begged him to stay the night with them since it was getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He took a small loaf of bread, asked God's blessing on it, broke it, then gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts feel strangely warm as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem where the 11 disciples and the others followed, followers of Jesus were gathered. When they arrived, they were greeted with this report. The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. He said, peace be with you. But the whole group was terribly frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why do you doubt who I am? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see and he showed them his feet. Still they stood there doubting, filled with joy and wonder. They asked him, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true. Then he opened their minds to understand these scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshipped him, and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. And you know, people who hear about this resurrection for the first time may need time before they can comprehend this amazing story. But like the disciples, and most likely like you and like me, they too may pass through four stages of belief. First stage being first, they may think of it merely as a fairy tale, impossible to believe. But like Peter, they may check out the facts, but still be puzzled about what happened here. And thirdly, only when they encounter Jesus personally, will they be able to accept the fact of the resurrection. Then fourth, as they encounter and commit themselves to Jesus and devote 
our lives completely to serving him, then will we begin to fully understand the reality of Jesus's presence with us. So friends, today, I hope that this resurrection story has brought new life and new meaning into your understanding of Jesus. And if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation along with me. Simply repeat, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary and you have risen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe that you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you have ever made. God bless you and congratulations. And one of Priest Aaron's contributions that he left for us is this benediction. As you go out into the world, allow me to pray this blessing over you. It comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, and it does house and encompass six specific blessings. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, and who Jesus is, and many additional topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And some of this podcast today was referenced right out of my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content to be inspiring, encouraging, maybe even interesting, pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. Just simply ask me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please consider sharing it with them too. Until next time, be blessed.